It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and today's episode is is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. If you guys missed yesterday's Sunday episode, Sunday special, I think we'll call it, recapping the House of Athlete Combine this past weekend that I had the pleasure to attend in Weston, make sure you check that out. Plenty of good nuggets around some off-the-beaten-path draft prospects pertaining to your Miami Dolphins. And today on the show, I still have to go through the blacklist for the defensive free agents, but we're not going to get there today uh, because what I would like to do is talk about yet another potential addition to the backup quarterback race for the Dolphins. And I have a bit of inspiration, courtesy of uh, our friends over at Pro Football Focus who made a list of each of the 32 franchises in the NFL, their best draft decision over the last five years. So what I want to do is I kind of want to look at the Dolphins specifically their past five years and highlight the best and worst draft moves that this team has made. And that is what we are going to do today on the show, starting first with the news that Chase Daniel, the quarterback, backup quarterback of the Detroit Lions, is apparently the subject of some trade calls in the build-up to the start of the league calendar year, which comes next Wednesday. Not two days from now, but nine days from now. Chase Daniel is quite the story uh, for NFL quarterbacks. He has been in the league for over a decade. And over that span of time, a decade, Chase Daniel has logged 261 pass attempts in 11 seasons. He spent four years in New Orleans, three in Kansas City, two in Chicago, and one apiece in Detroit and Philadelphia with two more seasons under contract with the Detroit Lions. And that is why he is available for trade. Uh, He has two seasons left, obviously. Detroit brought in Jared Goff. They may be in the market for a quarterback in this April's NFL draft. Five starts in 11 seasons, eight career touchdown passes in 261 attempts over 11 years. This dude is on the Matt Moore plan. If Matt Moore didn't have that big chunk of starts there uh, before the Ryan Tannehill era began with the Miami Dolphins. He's been around forever And he's never had to do anything. In his earnings, he's made over $35 million in the NFL. It's a good life if you can get it. Would Chase Daniel make sense? I initially think yes, he would. For a couple different reasons. Um, 
the free agent quarterback market is going to be a little hit or miss. We really don't know what we're going to get as far as dollars. Uh, but we saw last year the Las Vegas Raiders signed Marcus Mariota to a two-year contract to be the backup in Vegas to Derek Carr. And that contract was worth a grand total of $17.6 million. Mariota this year is scheduled to earn over $10 million unless the Raiders can move him off their books. That's a lot of money for a backup quarterback. So then the question is, okay, Kyle, why don't we draft one? And we don't draft one because the Dolphins really aren't going to be in a position to draft one whose name isn't Kyle Trask on day two and that is not a selection I'm interested in making at all. And anybody you would select on day three is probably not going to be in position to help this football team win any number of games if Tua Tonga gets banged up. So to just bank on a rookie when your starting has, starter has one year of experience and your practice squad guy has one year of experience, that's not enough experience in the quarterback room, for my taste. Did the Dolphins feel the same way? I guess we'll find out. But I would hope that the Dolphins are one of the teams interested in kicking the tires on Chase Daniel for many of the same reasons that I thought Alex Smith would be a good fit. Would you prefer that it didn't come at the cost of having to trade for him? Yes. But you know exactly from a financial standpoint what you're going to pay. He's due $9.55 million in new cash over the next two seasons combined, which means he's averaging less than $5 million per year against your cap. I'm comfortable with that price for a backup. When you take into account Marcus Mariota's getting double that amount this year, you wanted to sign Mitch Trubisky, he's going to cost $10 million plus, probably. Who knows what Alex Smith is going to give you. Alex Smith has his own questions, physically speaking, with injuries. This feels like a good play. And what it's going to be like a conditional sixth that might upgrade to a five if he starts a handful of games. I would give a conditional sixth for a seasoned veteran quarterback who has been around the block, will not cost the Dolphins more than just a few million dollars against their cap, and has some less threatening vibes about his presence on the roster than what the Dolphins had to suss through in 2020 with Ryan Fitzpatrick. All those boxes checked. Chase Daniel, let's put a star next to this name, and let's keep an eye on this one. Because if I'm the Dolphins, especially if you're considering trading back and picking up additional NFL draft capital out of the number three hole, moving a late day three selection to get a quarterback, veteran quarterback under contract for the next two seasons is a move I would wholeheartedly endorse. And I sincerely hope the Dolphins would explore. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your sports betting action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing right now. Bet Online even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it is free to sign up. 
So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Pro Football Focus. Stacked together. A fun little list of each NFL franchise's best NFL draft decision over the course of the past five years, the choice for the Dolphins was ending Laramie Tunsil's slide in the 2016 NFL Draft, which came courtesy of the bong gas mask video that dropped, oh, 30 minutes before the start of the 2016 NFL Draft. This list was compiled by Mike Renner, who's a great dude over at PFF in the industry. Dolphins were willing to stop Tunsil's slide at 13 overall in 2016 and have been reaping the benefits ever since. He was not only a quality starting left tackle for the Dolphins for two seasons, uh, plus an extra season his rookie year in 2016 playing inside at left guard with Brandon Albert still in the mix, but he also netted the team the number three overall pick in this year's NFL draft after they traded him to the Texans in 2019. That's about a slam dunk a pick as you'll see outside of the quarterback position. That's Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. So I got to asking myself what the consolation prize would look like. And then that expanded to, well, what if we just explored all of the best and the worst decisions and picks and moves made by Chris Greer? Because 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20... Chris Greer has been in unquestioned control of this roster for the last two years, but he has been, by title, the general manager for the last five. So we're going to go through each of the five draft classes real quick. We'll read through them. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what you find. 2016 NFL Draft, first round, Laramie Tunsil, second round. Xavier Howard. How's that for a one-two punch to start your list? Third round, Kenyon Drake, productive player for Miami before he was traded to Arizona, even if it was frustrating. Also third round, and I hated this pick at the time, Leontay Carew, wide receiver Rutgers, uh, logged a grand total of 12 receptions, 192 yards, and two touchdowns. Sixth round, Jakeem Grant, Still going strong in Miami after five seasons. Jordan Lucas, defensive back, now in Kansas City, I believe. And then two players in the seventh round, Brandon Dowdy, quarterback, and tight end Thomas Duarte, no longer in the NFL. 2016 NFL Draft netted you Tunsil, Howard, Drake. Say what you will about his production in Miami. He's proven to be a productive back. And Jakeem Grant. 
That's four solid players in the 2016 NFL Draft. And there's always some, I hear this a lot, this criticism of, of the Dolphins not retaining these players. Uh, and that makes them bad picks. That doesn't make them bad picks. It means the direction of the team was not conducive of, of stability. Because if you had consistent coaching, successful coaching, and more effective cap management, which Chris Greer was not responsible for, that fell at the feet of Mike Tannenbaum, up until 2019, you would have more flexibility to retain players like a Jarvis Landry, for example. They didn't work out that way. But just looking at the quality of the picks, first round, Tunsil, hit. Second round, Howard, hit. Third round, Kenyon Drake. That's a hit in my books, even if he wasn't didn't live up to that expectation in Miami. He's a third round back. All-purpose yardage, if you include receiving yards, he was plenty productive in Miami. Jakeem Grant, still with the team. Sixth-round player, still with the team. It's a hit. I don't care what position he plays. 2017 gets really ugly. And I'm going to tell you it gets really ugly, but I need you to believe me. It's really, really ugly. First-round pick, Charles Harris. No idea why that decision was made. Second round pick, Raquel McMillan, linebacker, Ohio State, entering free agency, traded to the Raiders ahead of the start of the season. Third round pick, Cordray Tankersley, cornerback, Clemson, promising flashes as a rookie, tore up his knee, got in Adam Gase's doghouse, was never the same. Isaac Asiata, played in two games. Devon Godchow, played in 52 games for Miami, now set to hit free agency. Sixth round, Vincent Taylor, now in Cleveland. Seventh round, Isaiah Ford. On and off and on and off and on and off the practice squad. Traded to New England, cut by New England, cut by New England, back on the Dolphins roster to end the season. So for as good as 2016 was, 2017 stunk out loud. Everything about this draft class was terrible, except for Devon Godchow in the fifth round. And he was a modest plug player. 2018, we're back on the good streak. Minka Fitzpatrick, two-time All-Pro. I understand it's not in Miami. The value, the identification of the traits and the skills and the talent was good. They picked a good player, and that's a win. Because your objective is to pick good players. They then turned Minka into another first-round pick. You got equal value approximate equal value, when it's like a car, you drive it off the lot and you lose 20% value unless it's a quarterback, in most cases. Second round, Mike Gusecki. Anybody questioning that pick still? Probably not. Third round pick, Jerome Baker. Had a really nice season this past year. Fourth round pick, Durham Smythe, tight end. Plays with his hand in the dirt quite consistently for this Dolphins team. Fourth round pick again, Kalen Balash. Sixth round pick, Cornell Armstrong. Whatever, it's a sixth round pick. Seventh round pick, Quinton Polig. 
whatever, it's the seventh round pick, seventh round pick, Jason freaking Sanders. So in the 2018 class, you got Minka, good player, no longer on the team, but you got a first round pick for him. Mike Gusecki, Jerome Baker, Durham Smythe as a role player. So you got, even if you omit Fitzpatrick, you got two plus starters plus a solid role player in Durham Smythe. And Jason Sanders, arguably the best kicker in the NFL right now. Okay, you did okay. You did okay. We have the regime change in 2018 to 2019. 2019, they draft Christian Wilkins, Michael Dieter, Andrew Van Ginkle, Isaiah Prince, Chandler Cox, Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin, no question, what a steal in the seventh round for what he became. Andrew Van Ginkle in round five. And Christian Wilkins as a solid starter in the first round. You have three starting caliber players. Even though Miles Gaskin is an upgradable starting player, he averaged just short of 100 yards from scrimmage in 10 games this past year. Obviously, the book on the 2020 draft is, is what it is. So the question is, if Laramie Tunsil was the best draft decision the Dolphins have made in the last five years, which is, conveniently enough, the entire duration of the Chris Greer era as, by title, general manager... What other moves stand out as wins, and what other moves are losses? Trading up for Xavier Howard to get to 38 overall, also a win. 22 career interceptions to this point in time. There is, of course, the concern about durability. He's played in 56 games. As a point of reference, Laramie Tunsil's played in 72. I'm not a math guy. But the maximum number of games you could play is 80. 16 times 5. Howard's missed 24 games in five, five seasons. The worst pick, unquestionably the worst pick, was Charles Harris at 22 in 2017. And what a cruel twist of fate that draft class was. Because you think about the Dolphins Every other year, 2016, they were scheduled to pick 8th. They traded back to 13, which is an all-time gaff decision we're going to talk about in just a minute. God, I can't believe the terms of that deal. 13th, 11th, 13th, and 5th were where the Dolphins picked in 16, 18, 19, and 20. The cruel twist of fate is the only year the Dolphins We're not picking inside like the top 13. Was the year in which Patrick Mahomes was drafted 10th and Deshaun Watson was drafted 12th. (laughs) Thank God we won 10 games with Adam Gase that year of all years. Going into a year in which Ryan Tannehill was rehabbing a torn ACL that he didn't have surgery on so he could tear it again in training camp and just send the whole season right down the toilet before it even starts. T.J. Watt could have been a Dolphin. Ryan Ramchek could have been a Dolphin. Tredavious White could have been a Dolphin. These are all players picked behind Charles Harris at 22. All-time gaff in the last five years, I should say. The worst, that is the worst decision, unquestionably, the last five years for the Dolphins. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, I've been pounding the table 
for our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while. Built Bar is an amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best thanks to the Built Bar Madness Tournament. Today's matchups we have two Apple Almond Crisp versus Churro Puff, and Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. The winner of Apple Almond Crisp Churro Puff advances to face uh, Cookies and Cream in the Sweet 16. Good luck to you. You're not winning that one. And Peanut Butter Brownie Raspberry advances to face Coconut Almond, which will really just come down to how many coconut people there are on the face of the planet. So go to BuiltBar.com or go to at Built underscore Bar on Twitter for this Built Bar Madness Tournament. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchups and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So I agree with Mike. The best decision the Dolphins have made over the last five years in the NFL draft, drafting Laramie Tunsil. Because the waterfall effect, you get three years of quality play, then you trade him for two ones to kidney, thanks to Bill O'Brien. Okay, the Dolphins are still reaping the benefits five years later of the decision to draft Laramie Tunsil. That's a win. That's, that is a defining pivot point. And if the Dolphins can turn their remaining returns for Tunsil into a few defining players that can help catapult the Dolphins to success, it will be an all-time pivot point for the Dolphins franchise. We're not there yet, but it has the potential to be that. Also over the last five years, trading up for Xavier Howard. One of the best decisions of the last five years. The worst decision, drafting Charles Harris. What comes next? You could make the argument that the Dolphins passing on a running back at 30 with Noah Igbenogany, 39, Robert Hunt, and trying and waiting out to get to 56 just for the big backs to come off the board last year. You can make an argument that that deserves some consideration. You could make an argument that trading back in the second round of 2019 and then trading their second round pick they got in return of the trade back with New Orleans For Josh Rosen, you can make a strong case for that to be the worst decision, although at the time, you looked at the financials, you looked at the cost associated, you looked at the fact that they replaced the second-round pick that they were giving up, you were just financing it for 12 months. I think there was plenty of justification for the Dolphins to try to, quote-unquote, skip the line and avoid having to draft a quarterback. I'm sure some would also make the case 
that not drafting Lamar Jackson at number 11 in 2018 is up there. I would argue this team was not well-positioned to make the most of Lamar Jackson's skill set when you consider, take into consideration, uh, the coaching staff that was in place. And then you're changing coaching staffs, and you're getting into, well, we didn't pick this quarterback, we want our guy. That all gets really, really, really messy. And then you're hiring a coach specifically for quarterback and, and relative to just qualifications for the team. I don't think the Dolphins were very well positioned to draft Lamar Jackson because Baltimore has had to uh, really make sure they were dialed in on building a successful surrounding for him that was really catered to his strengths. And I don't think it played into the strengths of the coaching staff that existed. So I'm not going to hammer him for that. I am going to circle back to this Leonte Carew pick. However, uh, Carew drafted 86th overall in 2016 NFL draft. Miami picked Drake at 73 overall in the same round. Some of the players that went in between, in the gap in between. Joe Thune, also Austin Hooper, a couple of good players in this stretch of 13 picks. Uh, But what happened after Carew is what hurts. Because you go to the end of the round, the last pick in the third round, Justin Simmons went 98th overall, 12 spots after the Dolphins picked Carew. That would have been a good one to have back. And I understand hindsight's 2020, but you could even get into like Javon Hargrave went 89. He's got 19 career sacks. As a point of reference, he's a nose tackle. He played in Pittsburgh as a nose tackle, signed in Philadelphia in free agency this past offseason. Devon Godchell has three sacks since 2017 as the only redeeming pick of the 2017 NFL draft. If I had to rank everything, I would go as far as best decisions of the last five years in the NFL draft, drafting Laramie Tunsil one, trading up for Xavier Howard two. Right now it looks like Mike Gusecki at 42 overall deserves the number three spot. Uh, Mike has done a phenomenal job over the past two seasons, really coming alive. Uh, he's putting together the best, one of the best stretches of tight end play in Dolphins history, and he's only been in, with the team for three seasons. Forget his terrible 2018 in which one out of every five reps, and I wish I was kidding, Adam Gase asked him to pass block. 2019, 51 receptions for 570 yards and five scores. 2020, 53 receptions for 703 yards and six scores. Arrow is trending in the right direction for Mike. Really excited about what he brings to the table moving forward. If I had to rank the three worst, Charles Harris, number two, Leonte Carew, 2016, missed a really good football player as a result. And number three, I'd probably put the Rosen trade in hindsight, although I understand it's a very easily justifiable trade, but the Rosen thing blew up in their face so badly and they didn't get anything for him, they just straight up cut him. Rosen is probably number three. 
worst decisions of the last five years in the NFL draft. But what I would encourage you to do, the, the whole purpose of this exercise is not to, to throw hindsight on Chris Greer, but rather look at each draft class the Dolphins walked away from the last five years. 2016 brought us Tunsil, Howard, Drake, Jakeem Grant. Four really good NFL players. 2017 brought you absolutely nothing. It's a wash. 2018, Minka Fitzpatrick, very good football player. Indictment of the coaching and an indictment of the organization that the rebuild had to be so extreme that it alienated him and made him want to go play somewhere else. I'll bet you we win a playoff game before he does, though. I'm just saying. Minka, Mike Gusecki, Jerome Baker, Durham Smythe, Jason Sanders. One draft class. In 2018. 2019, we only had six picks to work with, and you walked away with Christian Wilkins, Andrew Van Kinkle, and Miles Gaskin. Any problems with that? 2020, Tua Tagovailoa, Austin Jackson, Noah Igbenogany, Robert Hunt, Raekwon Davis, Brandon Jones, Solomon Kinley, Jason Strobridge, Curtis Weaver now on the Browns, Blake Ferguson, Malcolm Perry. Time will tell what this rookie class is going to look like. Some of these guys are going to be hits, and some of these guys are going to be misses. Brandon Jones looked really promising. Raekwon Davis looked really, really freaking good. Robert Hunt looked pretty damn good in the run game. Tua Tagovailoa, from a statistical standpoint, had an above-average rookie season, even though there were plenty of struggles due to personnel, coaching, his own play and shortcomings and limitations, coming off the rehab, and just not quite seeing the field and having playing with a whole lot of confidence. We'll see what the ceiling looks like on these guys. Noah Igbenogany, we got to figure out we're going to play him. Plenty of time. The book is not out. Solomon Kinley looking like a fourth-round steal. Chris Greer is a good drafter. Chris Greer, if you just... Whatever happened in 2017, I don't want to know. I don't... I don't know if it's because they were picking higher than they normally are. I don't know. But like even the day three picks, we got nothing from. Chris Greer over the last five years has netted on day three alone players like Jakeem Grant, Devon Godchow, Jason Sanders, Durham Smythe, Andrew Van Ginkle, Miles Gaskin, Solomon Kinley, a starting long snapper and Blake Lake. You're getting quality players on day three. That's a good sign. The issues for Miami are not, we're not picking good players. The issues in Miami have been, we as an organization have been so mired in instability and bad coaching that the coaches don't put good players in position to succeed. So they get pissed off and they want to go play somewhere else. And when they do, they find more success. And because there's instability, there's a ton of pressure to win right away in which case the Dolphins team has spent a ton of money, they have put themselves up against the salary cap in years past, and put themselves in bad positions where they've really been operating with one hand tied behind their back. They're operating with the pressure of we need to win now, we feel like we're a win-now team. I think you're starting to see the tide change here because the Dolphins have drafted some really good football players. 
Did their rookie class this year perform to the optimum, utmost of their ability? No. Plenty of ups and downs. But this is a coaching staff who selects and drafts players based on player development. They were never going to come in and be A1 starters right away. That was never by design. The Dolphins take players with traits and trust that they can coach those players to become more polished products with time. Think about how different Andrew Van Ginkle and Miles Gaskin look from year one to year two. Now apply that to Robert Hunt and Brandon Jones and Solomon Kinley and hopefully Austin Jackson, Noah Igbenogany, and Tua Tongavaloa. Plenty to be excited for. Some missteps along the way. But again, bear in mind, Every NFL decision maker, you can play this game with every team. And they will wish they had mulligans. This Dolphins team headed in the right direction. There's a lot to like about their five-year sample size that Chris Greer at the helm. And you have to understand a lot of the shortcomings and some of these players not being on the team. It's an indictment of how this team was run for a decade. Chasing after sexy head coaching hires. And having so much pressure to win that you put yourself in such a bad position against the salary cap that the team had no choice but to tear the whole thing down. All that's behind us. Plenty to look forward to ahead of us, including four more shows this week of Locked on Dolphins. So hit subscribe on the podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. Kyle Krabs, signing off. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow for Power to the Pod. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.